Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Welcome to the Afternoon Show. I'm your host, Bill Arnold. It's going to be a wonderful start to the week. Patrick Albanese is going to be joining me in just a minute. And then we're, the Monday Afternoon Mix will happen. And then Dr. Josh Mulvihill is going to be joining me. Uh, so it's going to be great. Then Allie Beth Stuckey. So that's the lineup for today. I think it's a good one. I hope you are uh, having a good day. I hope your weekend was good. I've uh, got my Bible open. I'm in Psalm 37. I don't know how often you go to Psalm 37, but I'm there quite often. I love starting in verse 3. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. And this verse many are familiar with. Verse 4, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will do this. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways when they carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. For those who are evil will be destroyed, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. That's out of uh, the wonderful chapter 37 in Psalm. Patrick Albanese is my friend and colleague. You know him from the great state of Iowa and the prestigious city of West Des Moines. Patrick, welcome. Yep, if you're driving through, wave high. Oh, Absolutely. (laughs) And slow down, because yeah. you have some That's snow in Des Moines, don't you? Oh, yeah. It's, uh, you know, I didn't have this on my 2020 bingo card. Uh, you know, I did have the hurricane. We had a hurricane back <laughs> in the middle of the summer, an actual, like, land hurricane. Yeah. We had COVID, and uh, uh, we've had some—we had a little bit of snow yesterday. Now, that, you know, it's that little storm. It just, it's just going to melt. Or, like, one or two days ago, then it melted, and I woke up today. I said, whoa, wait, 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 wait a second. So uh, parts of, of the state are getting, you know, hit kind of hard, six mm-hmm. plus inches. That's, yeah, that's it's, some snow. You know, we haven't even had Halloween yet. I know. I'm sorry, we haven't canceled Halloween yet. <laughs> Everything's canceled. <laughs> so yeah, I thought it'd be kind of, I thought it'd be fun to start the day off with just a couple of like positive, upbeat sort of uh, truisms and good good quotes, good things that we can kind of chew on a little bit. And you got me started and I thought, hmm, I, I like I like this. So here's one. The future is the wrong place to seek happiness. God made us for today. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. Well, and that's, you know, going back to Psalm 37, it's, it's there, there's an undertone of don't you worry about things. Let Jesus do the worrying. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's, 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 you know, and, and so many things are out of our hands that, uh, you know, you say, well, what is all your fretting going to do about it? Uh, nothing. You know, you're, you're not going to, nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. All right. How about As this my one? my mom used to say. Oh, go ahead, Patrick. You're, you're, you're worrying about things that have yet to not happen. <laughs> uh, your mom was so wise, wasn't she? <laughs> yes. Yes. I don't know what happened. It must have skipped a generation. Maybe right? so. <laughs> Maybe so. How about this uh, one? The wise need no fame. The smart need no credential. The happy need no validation. Uh, it's 
so that's that's someone that's true. resting in the Lord and not making about themselves. And that's it, it is hard to do. I, you know, it, it's I know we we kind of um, jump all over social media a lot. But uh, it has kind of become this place where you're showcasing how much better your life is than other people's or, uh, you know, occasionally you ask for advice on who makes the best mattress, you know, right. <laughs> sometimes you get that. Mm-hmm. But um, and, and in fact, you know, I, I mean, I do like to use social media for uh, I like to put amusing things up like my lunchbox love notes for the kids. And I do use it for asking questions like, you know, hey, I'm looking to buy uh, a new car and I was looking at this model. Does anybody have one? What do you have to say? Mm-hmm. And and because that's what you normally do with your friends. But uh, it is a shame that it's it's kind of gone into this, you know, uh, like, hey, here we are. We're in Barbados. You know, it's, it's like it's Barbados, Oklahoma, it's a very small town. <laughs> Not the real Barbados. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it, but when you think about somebody who's just comfortable where they are, they are at rest with the Lord. They know that he's got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do like that. One. I, I do, too. I like this one, too. If you're not sacrificing for your future, you're sacrificing your future. Uh, I love that one so much. Oh, <laughs> That's I kind of a good one, so isn't it? If you're not sacrificing for your future, you're sacrificing your future. It's, it's, it's kind of a, a, another way to say, you know, uh, failing to plan is planning to fail. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, th- there was another one, uh, and, and so people know if they want to, this is actually a, a, a very safe Twitter place to go. It's called best tweets. Uh, and I just somehow or another stumbled upon it, uh, you know, in the cesspool that can be Twitter at mm-hmm. times, I found this very upbeat, positive thing. And it, I, I, I just, I couldn't help but just keep scrolling through saying, oh, I love that. I love yeah. these little things. It's like yeah. through the Bible, especially when you're reading the Proverbs, because you can get those little tidbits, you know, that, that, with that one sentence, powerful statement that says, I need to put this down and actually think about yeah, that. And, and, and this has a lot of those. Because it rocks your world. All right. More, Here's good, what, more good men have been oh. lost to boredom than battle. And the antidote for boredom isn't entertainment, it's purpose. Yes. And I do think one of the, the biggest problems we face with COVID is the danger of the boredom. Mm-hmm. People being locked down and stuck. Uh, and uh, it's, you know, as grandma used to say, an idle mind is the devil's playground. Um, I don't know if your grandma said that. Mine did. Yeah, well, my, my grandma didn't, but I'm, I'm sure your grandma did. My grandma did. My yeah. grandma came from, you know, that place. Yeah, I know that place. Uh, and, you know, when you're the a kid, country. you say, I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about, Grandma. I'm bored. Never <laughs> said, well, first off, you never said you were bored in our household. Right. Because that got you on chore duty. Yeah, you're but, cleaning um, the garage in no time. You're cleaning the garage. Yeah, tying up newspapers for the scouts to come pick up. Okay, how about you but do one now and I'll react? Okay. And, and this one, we've I think we've heard versions of this one. How about virtue is what you do when nobody is looking? The rest is marketing. Ooh, I like that. I like that. Because I've heard, I've heard a variation of that, which is uh, the out-of-town you is the real you. Yes, mm-hmm. which, which, which when you think about that old Las Vegas commercial, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Right. First off, we found out that that's not true. It doesn't stay in Vegas. <laughs> that's very uh, true. But uh, can you imagine a marketing campaign that's saying, come here to sin? I know. It's just horrible to do the things you can't do at home, mm. and uh, we got you covered. Yeah, like oh, Makes that's me sick. no wonder why there's so many. 
addicted personalities that that head out there. They they've, they've got all of the vices. Right. Okay, my turn. Yeah. Pain right. is inevitable. You either suffer the pain of discipline now or the pain of regret later. One is acute, the other is chronic. Think about mm. that one, doctor. Uh, all right, all right. Since we're doing dueling, what do we call these? I don't know. Du- dueling uh, pearls of dueling wisdom. Dueling adages? Yeah, something dueling, like that. Dueling pearls. Yes. Dueling adages. Yes. Uh, true reasoning is only possible when there is no motivation. Say that again. True reasoning is only possible when there is no motivation. Like you don't have a, a purpose where you're, or you're trying to justify why you're doing what you're doing. You know, it's kind of the, you know, I really do need to buy that Lamborghini. <laughs> and here are the reasons why. Uh, so maybe that one's not, okay, forget I said that one. I owe you two <laughs> next time. Around. I owe you two. All right. Okay, here's one that's not true, but it's true for people who are uh, lost and perishing. And that's this, the fundamental delusion. There's something out there that will make me happy and fulfilled forever. Now, I know that to be true. That's Christ. That is what will make me happy and fulfilled forever. However, if you don't have Christ in your life, that is not a delusion. You are looking for something that will make you happy. Everyone's looking for Jesus, whether they know it or not. Right. And they're trying, they're, they're trying to fit everything into that spot. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty exact fit. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, as you know, I often say about myself, I, I'm not a, um, uh, a square peg in a round hole. I'm a round peg in a square hole. I can fit, but I leak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, <laughs> but this, this is, uh, you know, all kidding aside, you know, that people are trying to fit, you know, everything, you know, possessions and fame and you name it into the, the only thing that fits there is Jesus. And, and we're built that way. Mm-hmm. We have that from the day we arrive and we spend, it seems like most of our lives trying to fit everything else, but that in there, it's, it's, it, it's, it's, it's almost like that, you know, I'm ready to follow you, Christ. Here are my conditions, <laughs> you know, right. <laughs> my conditions. Interesting. You know, we, we, we do things backwards here mm-hmm. we do it backwards. Yeah. I thought this was kind of, how about, oh, go ahead, your turn. No, no, your turn. How about the difference between sounding smart and being smart is, I don't know. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) I like that a lot. Yeah. All right, here's one. A lot of people are attractive until you see their thoughts. You know, to me in evangelism, that starts when you start to listen to their heart and their thoughts and you realize that they're lost and hostile to the gospel, and that's when you need to just lean in and warm up and love them more than ever. Mm, that's good. That's really good. You've well, actually thought about these. I did think about I thought about that one because I know that, that situation where people uh, uh, seem really attractive on the outside and, oh, this is going to be a really interesting person, and then you start to see the way they think, and you go, ooh, ooh, that's not very attractive. And that just makes me think, yeah. well, that, 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 that's a person that needs to hear about the love of Christ. Yeah. Well, who doesn't? Well, those who are born it's, again it's, 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 and it's redeemed, yeah. um, they love hearing yeah. about Jesus. And everyone else needs to hear about him. So anyway, yeah. let's take a little break. I Patrick, like it. Patrick Albanese is my guest. If you have a, a wonderful truism that you have uh, maybe etched into a, a rock in your house or you've... You've got it on your uh, bulletin board. Let me know what it is, because I I love good truisms, and so does Patrick. 
we got a little bit of time for that. We're going to hear some banjo music, and we'll be right back. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Do? Why, if I had a brain, I could... I could while away the hours, conferring with the flowers, consulting with the rain. And my head, I'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching if I only had a brain. Welcome back to the show. Patrick Alban is as my guest as we get things started. Always good to start things on a little bit of a light note. Um, listener just chimed in with this one, Patrick. My opinions may have changed, but not the fact that I am right. <laughs> <laughs> I want to write that down. I love that one. You have one. to send that one to me. Thank you, Sheila. Oh, speaking of change, yeah. Oh, from Sheila. That's that's from Sheila. <laughs> that's fantastic. I was, I was. It made me think of one that, you know, I make up my own. You know, I call them albinisms. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, you know, I, uh, you, I, years ago, I used to say people change, but I don't believe that anymore. That's the old me. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. See, that's just for that one's just for the laughs. That, that one's just for the laughs. How about good. this one? All right. Life is like a metaphor. That's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> I figured. I figured there was nothing else coming after that. <laughs> I got nothing else. Either. Yeah. Uh, so interesting. So not, uh, with a, uh, I think it was a was it a, a woman softball team? They decided at the beginning of the game they were not going to sing the national anthem. Yeah, and the announcer says, oh, we're not going to be singing the national anthem. And uh, so the crowd just got up and started singing it, and everybody <laughs> got it and stood and put their hands over their hearts, and it was a thing of beauty. And now I've seen various um, you know, accounts of that saying, well, I think that's an old video. Oh. You know? Okay. I, but, I, you know, it, to me, it didn't even matter if it was, you know, if the reason for not singing the national anthem was either because of something politically correct going on or that the entire PA system – uh, the, you know, the, the cassette broke, you know, <laughs> if they use those still, <laughs> mm -hmm. what I loved was that a, people said, but we're going to sing it anyway. Yeah. Fine. If, if, let's say that the reason for it was that there was a technical difficulty, difficulty. So people said, no, we're getting up, we're singing the national anthem. And it was just pretty to see. And it was, uh, you know, it's, uh, I, I don't know if it's, that's like, is that a controversial position to take these mm, days that I you, don't, I don't you know. can have pride? Matt. I don't know. I thought it was I just hope. kind of an instant, spontaneous um, act of of uh, what audiences and crowds like to do at the beginning of a athletic competition. To me, it just uh, was good. It was very good. Yeah. And uh, yeah. All right. Here's Turn Gina's up. Gina's contribution: is forgiveness is the light that penetrates the dark and frees the somber, shamed heart to leap with love. Ooh. See what I mean? We start off a little with, bit deeper than I'm used to going. <laughs> Hang on a second. <laughs> I'll give it to you yeah. again. Forgiveness is the light that penetrates the dark and frees the somber, shamed heart to leap with love. That's a good one. That's I got some really very smart listeners. A lot smarter than you and I. Oh, by a long shot. Just so by you a know. Long shot. Yeah. I'm not making fun well, of us either. This is true. Yeah. No, not even put together. No. <laughs> um, I don't ask for much in life, just enough money to put gas in the maid's Ferrari. Is that like really that a motivation? <laughs> nah, it's not, yeah. it's not too motivational. It's not, it's not motivational, but 
it works on a couple of levels. I, I'm still trying to uh, digest the not not the fact that I'm right. Uh, that's really good. Sheila's. Yeah, that's a good one. I'll give you it. I'll give you that one more time because that's a good one. Okay. Uh, my opinions may have changed, but not the fact that I'm right. <laughs> I hardly say that <laughs> without laughing <clears throat> towards the end. Well, you can't say without. You know, I used to say, I guess I, back in when I first moved to California, I got heavily into the new age. Uh, I was going to say beliefs, but I don't know if they're beliefs. They're they're, they're things. And of course, there's this heavy reincarnation movement, and then it, it hit me, and it has always been one of my sayings that uh, you know, belief in reincarnation is the ultimate in procrastination. It's you know, like well, I'll just do it next lifetime. Everything mm-hmm. is next lifetime. You know, I don't have to do it today. I mean, it's one thing to put things off for a week, <laughs> but I I got to the point where I would ask people. I say, well, how do you know that this lifetime isn't the next lifetime you promised yourself last lifetime? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> That's the problem it's with kind new of, age. Yeah. There's always a perfect answer that still leaves you empty. Mm-hmm. You say, I, I guess, you know, but uh, uh, yeah, that's a good one. I like that. And I also, um, I, I've got time for a couple more. If you want to fire over your uh, some of your truisms that you have loved over the years, maybe you got them from your grandma or uh, your parents. Be loved to hearing hear what they are, 877-933-2484. Here's one from Mary, uh, Patrick. Commitment is an unconditional love for an imperfect person. Wow. Yeah, why are we on the air? I have absolutely no idea. Mm -hmm. Is this... Um, it's, we're in opposite world. I, I agree. The listeners uh, are the smart ones. Well, yes. I, we never claimed to be smart though. No, now we never I think did. About it. No. <laughs> Ju- Ju- Justin said, the morning dances with mercies untold. The morning dances with mercies untold. I like that. Oh, that is good. That is really good. All right. Here's what Cleo said. Part of being smart is knowing what you're dumb at. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so th- that's sort of uh, a variation of one of my favorites is that a wise man speaks because he has something to say and a foolish man speaks because he has to say something. Mm, that's good. That is good. Yeah, see, what, I, what right. I'm okay. dumb at could fill a warehouse. Yes, and everything's on oh, you sale. Had, you, had to agree. <laughs> you had to agree so quickly? Could you have just cut oh, me a little uh, bit of slack? I felt I was supporting you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I, had, I only had two paths to go, either disagree with you and maybe hurt your feelings. <laughs> All right. Here's uh, Gene with another line of brilliance. The small things done over time become the big things. Once more. The small things done over time become the big things. Yes. That is so powerful. Think about that. All the little things you do and over time, those have become the big things. Well, and that that is a much easier way to remember, you know, that classic one that I can't remember right now. <laughs> but, you, know, the, you know, habits build habits, build character, build destiny. Oh, right, right. Uh, that should just roll off the tongue, shouldn't it? Yes. But it, but it uh, for some reason I forget the order of it. Mm-hmm. I, I do know that it eventually ends up with destiny. There's right. something about character, destiny, uh, but it starts with doing the small things, which become habits, which become character, which become destiny. I think I remembered it. Yeah. Oh, good for you. Thanks to. That was from Gene, right? Uh, yes. Greg said, if yes. someone tries to give you artificial respiration, insist on the real thing. 
Yeah. I often say, I don't claim to hear the voice of God, but whoever whoever is talking is doing a great impression. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Rosella said, my mother's best saying was, always tell the truth, but don't be always telling it. That's pretty good. Oh, yeah, there's yeah. that's a little clever. That has, you have to stop and think for a second. Uh, In other words, you, sort of you can have a filter. You don't have to say everything all the time, right? Yes. Yes, it's uh, it, it doesn't always need to be said. And why do we? Actually, you know, I don't, you're, you're one of those people that's very good at, you know, you dispense truth when it's appropriate. Um, I don't like talking. You don't take. Oh, well. <laughs> Talk radio is not exactly (laughs) a career path that a person who doesn't like talking chooses. And I think that's what's, that's what's, that's why you're so good at it. I like listening. I like listening. I like encouraging people to talk. That's what I like. Because that's, that's when I learn. I learn when I listen. When I talk, eh, I learn nothing. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and you know, that's one of my favorite sayings is when you talk, you repeat what you already know. When you listen, you learn. True. Uh, you know, and we both grew up as fans of Johnny Carson, who didn't. And, you know, so many people have come afterwards and this, you know, the snarky MC thing is popular these days. But he wasn't that way. And he was just clever. And he always was, you know, smart with the jokes and, and got the zingers in when, when appropriate. But, uh, you know, he mostly listened. Um, you know, one of our top talk show hosts here, he's been on the air for, I don't know how many years, a hundred, I don't even know, mm-hmm. but he's such a great listener and takes a great interest in what people have to say. And I'm, I'm sure you've had this experience doing say triple espresso. You're in a town and people have seen your show and they'll say, Oh my gosh, you're a person that was on stage and they want to know your story. And you say, I don't, I don't care about my story. What do you do? Right. <laughs> yeah. And you know, yeah. they're, they're a dairy farmer. You're up in Milwaukee and you say, I, I have to know about what is that like? I mm-hmm. really do want to, It's so interesting. Yeah. You go, I stand on a stage, big deal. Right. Couple it's, more. You know, you, yeah. Couple more. You if more? You're, oh, yeah. If you're green, you're growing. If you're ripe, you're rotten. I've been saying that one for 40 some odd years. Okay, that was cool. a friend of mine's favorite saying. I love that. There's saying. another one God be with you because I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Here's another one. Dust is a protective covering for furniture. And one oh, more. That's Be great. sincere, even if you don't mean it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the, you know, the, what is that? If you can fake sincerity. You got it made. You got it made. It's been fun doing a couple of uh, truisms and uh, good little expressions today. Patrick, thanks for the fun. Hey, thank you. Yeah, have a good rest of the day. Patrick Albanese has been my guest, of course. He is uh, from the great state of Iowa. We'll take a little break. When we come back, the Monday afternoon mix is just around the corner with a very special surprise. It's time for the Monday Afternoon Mix with Miles Arnold and Maxwell. 
really fun half hour with Patrick. I have to say there was a number of texts kept coming in and really, really good, some good stuff here. Here's one from Greg. Be yourself because everyone else is taken. I like that. And there's another one. Mother Teresa said, God never gives me more than I can handle, but sometimes I wish he didn't trust me so much. <laughs> you want to read one, Rebecca? You got one up there that... Sure. Um, Maybe let's I... see. Where did, where did we leave off? Yeah. I don't we know. get too soon old and too late smart. Brian says that. We get too soon, soon old, old and, and too, too late, late smart. smart. Yeah, that's probably... A, that is probably a wise saying. I think so. Yeah. Anyway, welcome to the Monday Afternoon Mix with Miles Arnold and Maxwell. Here we are, the three of us. We've got a little look at Romans 12 today, which I am very excited to talk about. David, thank you for suggesting it. It's always a powerful uh, passage. It is, and it is rich beyond measure. And, you know, I think if we sat in this for quite a while, we would not end up you know, mining its depths. Mm-hmm. Because people are texting in uh, like crazy in the first half hour. I wonder if they wouldn't want to continue with this question. Uh, who is the most difficult person or relationship you're dealing with in your life right now? Is it literal? Is it virtual? Or is it imaginary? And you don't have to give names if you, you don't know, want you don't to. have to give names. <laughs> you could say Let's spouse, not out anybody sibling, right now. <laughs> boss, and it's uh, it's virtual because I'm in a huge fight on social media with a person, or it's literal. There's someone in my household that I'm not getting along with. Yeah, and we're going to talk about uh, Romans twelve two and how we can make better. Well, he was looking at me for a little bit there, Rebecca. So I was, <laughs> was going like, to say, let's not get awkward or personal. I, I know, just like. Bill's giving the stare down. He's like, <laughs> but it is personal because this is a passage that it sounds really good and, and it's very applicable, but it's fun to help, help everybody else apply it. When it comes to my life, you got to turn the mirror back around. And that can be difficult, especially when applied to this unique time where we have a lot of relationships with people, connections with people. That was air quotes. Sorry, guys. <laughs> we have relationships with people and connect with them, but it's not as personal. It could be long distance. It could be someone we've never actually met physically, but we connect with them online, and we still need to apply these same principles to those people too. You're so right on, on that, Rebecca. And I think, you know, one of the things we're going to jump into today is uh, Roman's 12, 9 through 21. But the thing that sets it up is actually Romans 12, 1 and 2. And so we're in the second part of Paul's writing. You know, Paul would write this really deep, wonderful theology about the greatness of God. And then you say, in light of this, this is now how we are to live as gospel and kingdom-oriented people. But Rebecca, on something that you just said that's actually smack dab in verse 1 that really kind of tempers all of this He says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God. And just think about, you know, sometimes when, you know, we're dealing with people and even how we might feel about people, it's a reality of resting and thinking in about the mercies, plural, of God towards us. Um, We've said this before. Uh, on the on on the show and 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 I've said it before in preaching, you know I'll never have to forgive an imperfect and fallen Tammy 
my wife more than a perfect and holy God has forgiven me. So then we sit in that for a moment. Wow, his mercy and his grace, but just his mercy for the things that that we, we've done that we don't deserve pardon, but that he's given pardon for us in Christ. And that really begins to temper our mindset, or it ought it ought to temper our mindsets and how um, we relate to others. And I mean, Jesus, he picks upon this uh, in Matthew 18, because in Matthew 18, he tells the story about the man who owned, uh, you know, somewhere near $100 trillion uh, to the king. And, you know, coming to the king, the king was going to throw him into prison. And, you know, the parable of the unforgiving servant. And, you know, he's ready to sell him off. And, you know, the man begs for mercy and the king has mercy upon him. But then the guy goes out and, you know, he sees someone who owes him, you know, $5.25 from a $5 foot long from Subway who hadn't paid him back. And he decides, I'm going to throw you into jail. And it's the reality that we've been forgiven such a great debt. And I think it's helpful for us to just to sit in that for a little bit. And it actually would be important as believers sometimes to really sit in that before you start responding um, on a keyboard. Because if anyone could undress somebody, God could undress us very easily if he got keyboard commando on us. Because um, he has mercies. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God. And it's not even starting off with that is not even starting off with your neighbor. He says to present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual form of worship. Mm -hmm. Well, let me pick up in verse 9, chapter 12. Love, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of of everyone. That's a lot. It's a lot. It's really good. But we can boil it down to two groups. So in verses 9 through 21, this passage is basically dealing with how we treat people that we like and people that we don't like. So starting there, um, first it starts off with saying, let love be genuine. You know, um, one thing that we love about kids is that kids can, they can, they can sniff out a faker real quick. I mean, like they can, they can tell you like, well, what you're doing is not passing the smell test and they'll pull out the beep, beep, beep if they feel like you're shoveling something. And so God starts off there with us saying, you know, let your love be genuine. Let, let there be something um, pure. Let it be heartfelt. And, you know, well, PDM, I don't feel that. Okay, this is the part where we step in and say, God, would you then give me what I lack and fill up in me yourself so that it can be modeled in that? Each of these things, uh, brothers and sisters, as we go forward in this passage, each moment where we feel, you know what, I don't have that, 
it's a perfect opportunity for the gospel. It's a perfect opportunity for Christ to plug into us and give us what we don't like, what we don't have. So, yeah, I think there's there's something very rich to the response, perhaps, to what's uh, often popular these days. Everybody wants to be authentic. And you heard that phrase a lot, or I want to be the real me. I'm going to show you, uh, you know, I, I want to be known and loved, or at least we think we do, <laughs> to be authentic. But if we don't feel love for someone, it doesn't stop there. So I think maybe this can become a challenging thing if we say, well, I don't, I don't feel like love and I don't want to be a hypocrite. So I don't have those feelings towards someone. How can I act like I do? Because we have to see people the way that God sees them. And he can empower us to do that. I guess that's one thing that I often pray and I I think about because if there's a challenging relationship or, or something where we're just not clicking, I'm praying, Lord, help me see this person the way that you see them, no matter what. So whatever feelings I might have need to only and ever be secondary to seeing that person the way that God sees them as a valuable, eternal person made in your image that you sent your son to die for. Yeah. And one of the things so neat about that, Rebecca, is that the first command is to, you know, let love be genuine or let it be sincere. And then it's followed by these two related commands after that of saying, abhor or hate what is evil and cling to what is good. To really, you know, hang on to those things. And so that is part of the reasons why, too, of going back to that earlier command about um, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may be able to test and to discern what is the will of God, what is good, God's good, and acceptable and perfect. Um, Because we're living in a time right now where, you know, there are things that are considered um, good that actually aren't good, and things that are considered not good that people are saying is good. And so often we want to look outward and say, yeah, those people out there are doing that. But it's actually happening with ourselves, you know, we do that. You know, we, we'll slide on things. It's been said that those who struggle uh, with lying aren't so hard on people who lie, you know, and that it's oftentimes the sin that we feel that we struggle the least with we're the most vehemently opposed to, that we become the most harsh and critic towards other people. But even within the church nowadays, one of the, the things that's happening with our witnesses, stuff that we used to say that wasn't okay you know, for the sake of power or concern or fear or a whole bunch of things now, we are beginning to rationalize and say, now ah, this is okay. It's not that big of a deal. So the first part of letting love be genuine, it's abhorring what is evil and hanging on to what is good. Like God abhorred the, the sin in us, but he loved that he made us in his image and he sent his son both to be just to deal with sin, but also to be just, to call sin what sin was, but to, to be the justifier, to hang on to a good and to die for us in that. So God doesn't like do an either or. He, 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 he addresses the fullness of it and his love is pure and genuine. Mm-hmm. Luke said, um, I've been thinking of this passage a lot lately. Jesus perfectly demonstrates, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good, loving others will overcome an abundance of evil, and much of it begins with entering into their lives and dying to ourselves. He also said, wow, great word, Rebecca. 
Yeah. Oh, thanks, Luke. I was just sit- hearing what David said and, and understanding that this all has to be part of a package deal. Like, you can't obey verse 9 in this chapter without first addressing verse 2 and having that standard of God in our lives and, and conforming ourselves, dying to our own understandings of good, evil, preferences, whatever makes us comfortable. And we have to have God's standard in our hearts, in our minds. And if that defines us, then we'll be able to understand verse 9 and following and obey that. Yeah, That's real good, Rebecca. And, and that's why we love Rebecca, because she brings, like, I love her wisdom and that she's spirit-filled and just loves Jesus so much. So as we continue on in this passage, it says, Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Like, I like that. Could you imagine what it would be right now? Now, actually, guys, as you're driving, okay, and as you come home, because one of the opening questions that Bill asks is, what are some of the relationships that you're struggling with right now, be it virtual or not? And as you go home today to face maybe that relationship there, what will it look like if you step into that and instead of thinking, how do I score points and how do I cut this person down? Think of how can I show honor to this person? How can I actually outdo one another in showing honor? Radically different. Mm-hmm. It would be radically different. Scott said, um, my most difficult relationship is with the news. Should I listen? Should I not? If I do listen, when I do break away, and how do I stop my mind from dwelling on all the bad stuff that's going on? And whose side are they on anyway? And then I feel tired and wonder why I listened in the first place. Sigh. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Let's chew on that over the break. You're listening to the Monday Afternoon Mix. Miles Arnold and Maxwell will be right back. Have Back with the Monday Afternoon Mix, David, Pastor David Miles is here with us. Um, we're walking through Romans 12, 9 through 21 on the qualities of a Christian. David, you're doing a nice job on this, by the way. I think Rebecca's doing a serious bang-up job. Well, and now you're outdoing one another in honor, so there you go. Yeah, so the whole you're thing, obeying we're in real her. time. You yes. know what? I didn't even start by doing that and see... And I love that. That's how scripture just so applies to things. And I mean, like, guys, in our workplaces, you know, we have these opportunities to outdo and showing honor. And one of the other things that happens, it says, don't be slothful in zeal, be fervent in the spirit. And that word fervent in the spirit literally has in mind boiling over. Like, instead of being boiling over in rage, what does it look like for us to be fervent in the spirit, serving the Lord? So our earlier um, um, person who had wrote wrote in, Scott, is that his name? Yeah. Scott had asked about, about the news, about the news mm-hmm. you know, and that's, that's a part of our current cycle. Now, we were talking just in the middle of break a little bit about this. I had watched a documentary the other day. I was, you know, grading some papers for some students on spiritual formation, which is a part of asking God to work in our lives through spiritual disciplines. But I was watching the documentary, uh, Social Dilemma. And it's on the subject of social media and even in ways of which, 
you know, utilizing data and utilizing us, people are actually marketing to us. And, you know, a lot of our data goes to the highest bidder. And so people sometimes are wondering, what's wrong with the other side? Aren't they paying attention to this? Well, actually, no, because through algorithms and what they're watching you follow and pay attention to, they're marketing to you. There's a fascinating book called The Power of Habit by Charles Duggig. He had actually embedded himself uh, with troops in the Gulf War to just look at how our habits are so automatic and how people can start to work on cue, um, trigger, reward, or cue, habit, and reward. And so it has in mind that sometimes we're, it's getting to the point where some of the things with social media that ethicists are concerned that we're not making free will decisions because they've learned through our behavioral psychology the decisions that we're making, that they're planting the stimuli in front of people before they get to that point. And so this is an important part of us submitting ourselves to God's eternal word and allowing these things to filter and to change our mindset because the moment we start otherizing people and one another, then we're able to do to them whatever we want. When you otherize a small, wonderful creation and call it a fetus, we are now at over 61 million babies killed. When you otherize people with dark skin and say they're only three-fifths human, then you can just use them as free labor, and you can see them killed and burned at the stake and the like. So the moment that we start otherizing God's creation, we get into really dangerous areas. So right now, people who would be classified on the left. You know, people start seeing them on the left. They don't see them as people. They see them as this kind of group and otherize them. And people start to do that with people on the right, and they don't see people. But each of these groups that we begin to otherize and we begin to disdain, those are made up of people that God made in his image and that he died for, that they might have life. And the church is the one place where we pull back and we say, no, these aren't just things. These aren't just avatars. These aren't just like emojis. These aren't just like, you know, things we take pop shots at. These are people that Christ shed his blood for. And if they, if they value to, if they matter and value to God, then they ought to value and matter to us. And brothers and sisters, it's only going to continue to get crazier in the days ahead And there's only going to be more desire to polarize people and to pull us apart. So it's in that moment that this passage begs us in the power of Christ to walk through these verses in real time. Mm, That's really wise, David. That's that's a lot to chew on. Rebecca, you're chewing, aren't you? I am. Yeah, can you hear me? I, I, I can hear you. What in particular? That's not polite, is it? <laughs> no, you chew with your mouth closed. It's harder to love me right now, isn't it? <laughs> well, it goes to that part of verse 14. Blessed I, are those who persecute you when they're chewing on the microphone. <laughs> I would never do that to you because I care about you guys in brotherly affection. Um, I, I was struck by the notion that there probably really isn't someone with whom I don't have a relationship in that context. And whether I consider them a friend, loved one, close or far, whether I consider them an enemy, frankly, um, that that is, who was it? I think it was Rosaria Butterfield. Very, very good book on hospitality. Yes. Um, was it, uh, Love Comes with a, with a Key? Was Love Comes with a House Key, mm-hmm. I think is what it's called. And she says, God doesn't get the address wrong. And I've always liked that. The more that I chewed on that a lot 
quietly to myself. Uh, and wherever God has put you, if you are really enthralled with this person or if you're really annoyed by this person, God didn't get the address wrong. He put you in proximity to that person, whoever they are, for whatever length of time. And he did it for a reason. He wants you there in this relationship with this person. And to see that as a blessing, as an opportunity, as a challenge to help you grow more into the likeness of Christ, to help you obey Romans 12 in real time. I don't know. I, I, that's where my mind went is I have a relationship with a lot more people than I think that I do. Some of them are natural and easy and some of them require a lot more work, <laughs> but God didn't get the address wrong. That's really good too. I like that a lot. I'm sometimes thinking of people who you're in relationship with that could be difficult. And then at the end of the relationship, when you have moved apart or they've moved to another state or taken another job, you sit there and wonder, hmm, what did I learn? You, you, may, you may not realize what it is you learned ever, right? But isn't God just always at work in your life, shaping you into the person he wants you to be? Or what you've taught. Or what? Or what you've taught them. Oh, True. Yeah. And and ways that you've impacted each other. We may not see it in the immediate, but I I just have come to the belief that God does not get the address wrong. So yeah, wherever he's like placed that. us, it's for our benefit and for theirs, because he's a big God who knows the best way to do everything. And this is his way. Well, God didn't get the address wrong, Rebecca, when he brought you to Faith Radio. Oh, thank you, Bill. No, definitely not. I say double praise God for Rebecca. And I love it because God said in Acts seventeen twenty six, and he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined the allotted periods and the boundary of their dwelling place, place, that Rebecca would be here, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way towards him and find him, yet he is actually not far from each one of us. And so if you're driving today in your car, and you may feel like, you know, I just kind of flipped over to the station. Actually, you didn't. And you happen to be driving down that patch of road outside of Rock, uh, Hartford right now or outside of Madison or outside of Kansas City. And you've been wondering about your day. But there's a God who knows you, who loves you. And he knows where you live and he cares about you. And he really did send his son to live a life that you couldn't live, die a death that you could not die, and to do what you couldn't do which is raised from the dead to give you life and to give it in the full and to give you a relationship with him that empowers you to be able to love genuinely, to abhor what is evil, to hold to what is good, to outdo one another in showing zeal. And so if that's you today and you've been wondering, God, do you know me? Do you, do you care? What's the plan for my life? We love to say God does have a plan for your life and it starts with you first knowing him personally in a relationship with Jesus Christ. I want you to know what that love is that's so sincere, that God does have that love for you, and he wants to give you new life in him, and you can die to yourself and become alive in him, starting today. And if you, maybe you need to recommit your life to the Lord. Maybe you got um, saved when you were a very young person and you've drifted away, and now Today is a day of reckoning where you say, I want to be restored. I want my life to start anew again today. You can do that, and I encourage you to do that. Well, you know, Bill, as believers, too, and even for the person who's not a believer, 
you know, as, as you read, and we want to encourage you to continue to read through Romans 12, 9 through 21. And as you read through it, you might feel, man, guys, this, this, is, this is a lot. And I'm not sure that I can do this. And we, we just want to encourage you with a passage out of Hebrews 13, 20 as we close. It says, now may the God of peace, but what we need so much right now is God's peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will. So if you're feeling like, as Rebecca said, you have this person that God's put right at your address, it's not a mistake, and you're like, but I don't know if I have it in you. Turn to the Lord who wants to equip you with every good thing that you might do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight. Through Jesus Christ, to whom, when he does it, and when it's done, be glory forever and ever. Amen. Rebecca, do you, would you play, pray for our audience? I love when you pray. Uh, it would be my honor, because it's an honor that they're with us right now. Thank you, Lord, for each and every single person. Uh, the ears are listening and the hearts that you love so much, that you're drawing near, whether or not we realize it. And thank you for drawing us near to each other and for giving us this time together. Uh, thank you for your love for us and your tender mercies. Uh, empower us to share that with the world who's so needs you and that you so love. Give us that sincere love in your son's name. Amen. That's all for the Monday Afternoon Mix with Miles Arnold and Maxwell. Thanks, David, for being here. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Bill. Thanks, Rebecca. Thanks, Rebecca. We'll take a little break. When we come back, hour two, Dr. Josh Mulvihill will be with us and Allie Bastucki. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at myfaithradio.com.